Here we are at the main stage, and we're talking about how to get the best start. I'm delighted to have with us online, in this case, Jan Villen Circle. Jan Villen from Reichswahn. Hello to you. How are you? Thank you, Andrew. I am fine. Thank you. It's good to be, uh, to be in the green tech again. So thank you. Now, we feel really good as well to, uh, to be doing this. And uh, we've had some excellent conversations also uh, around your line of business. But kindly introduce that to us just very quickly, because I'm sure you can say it better than I can. Yes, of course. Um, uh, Rijkswaan, vegetable breeding company, uh, worldwide present. Um, seeds for vegetables. Um, we introduced also a short movie. Uh, to explain that a bit in a more, uh, I would say, active way. And I would like to propose that we shortly ex uh, present that and that we then can continue our discussions. Let's do that. Okay. You were about to take new and ambitious steps into the agri-food sector, a sector that is undergoing rapid professionalization. A growing number of high-tech greenhouses are being built, and technology and marketing are playing an ever-increasing role. But growth brings challenges. At Rijkswaan, we believe it is important to take the lead in these developments by offering new and existing players in this sector a broad range of services that can contribute to a higher return on investment. Rijksvaan is a Dutch family-owned vegetable breeding company that offers varieties for more than 25 crops. It has offices and facilities in over 100 countries. We combine the huge genetic diversity that nature has to offer with continuous investment in research and development. This results in plant varieties with ever better combinations of desired traits. Good varieties alone are not enough for horticultural success. Growing vegetables also requires tailor-made services and a project-based approach. That's why our involvement with growers all around the world goes beyond merely selling seeds. Our team of experts provide tailor-made crop advice, whether on-site or remotely, to support your decision-making. By giving you insights into market developments, we help you to make the right decisions for your business. Our demo facilities around the world produce reliable trial results that we will share with you. We believe in the value of personal contact, but we also make use of modern digital communication methods. We strive to be the frontrunner in fresh chain management for both retailers and the vegetable trade. We help retailers to explore their optimal product range, positioning issues and shelf design, as well as sharing examples of successful product innovations and packaging concepts, all to optimize supply and demand. Market intelligence is very important. As developing new varieties takes a long time, a breeding company has no choice but to look to the future. That's why we closely monitor general food and retail trends, as well as maintaining a thorough understanding of the most important macroeconomic developments. Furthermore, we have access to extensive market and consumer research data that gives us insights into market potential and the successes and failures of product introductions. 
Thanks to our close contact with other horticultural companies, such as greenhouse builders and technology providers, we can help our customers to offer a fully integrated solution. Together, we help you to consider local climate conditions, such as humidity, temperature, light levels, and the pressure of pests and diseases, as well as sales opportunities to choose the right varieties for your situation. We can support you right from the start of your journey into the agri-food sector. And we're looking forward to nurturing a long-term relationship based on a personal connection. So Jan Willem, a really good visualization and explanation of uh, what it is you do. Let's go into uh, a few more details if we can. Now we had, um, we had a wonderful uh, opportunity to speak to some of the leaders in the Dutch horticulture industry uh, here in, in the main stage. And Jab Bond from uh, the top sector of horticulture and starting materials was talking a lot about the exports of um, especially uh, the seeding materials that, and the seeds that you, you provide. Uh, so that's a real, real area of expertise in the world uh, for the Dutch. I think uh, Michael van Erken as well was talking about that from the, the Ministry of Agriculture. Um, and so it's really great to, uh, to have you on the line to talk about that. How important do you see that in an overall mission to provide people with safe and health and healthy fresh food? How important is that? Uh, does that go to the core of your beliefs? Yeah, exactly, Andrew. And needless to say eh, that good seeds are the basic, uh, the basis eh, of a good foundation, I would say. Uh, but same for technology, um, greenhouse technology, um, genetics, that should also be uh, on the highest possible level in order to reach those goals, which were already um, uh, many times uh, were defined this week. And the good thing is that we have, I would say, from the, um, uh, uh, from the Dutch, I would say, industry, a very uh, strong position in that. So we are, yes, we are able to um, grow anywhere in the world, I would say, um, uh, with good technology, with good seeds, but, of course, um, there are also other challenges uh, to face. And, and the good thing I, I also hear this week many times is that we are see different initiatives like plantonomy, like plant empowerment, like pilot, in order to, I would say, um, um, uh, develop to a more process-driven um, industry. And that are all, I think, very important elements. Eh? And uh, But... And that was also very clearly mentioned in uh, in the video. Um, um, we also should um, not forget the marketing behind, eh? or also the market risk we um, uh, we sometimes face. So let's come in to general, that in just in just a second, yeah, if sorry. we can. I'd like to just no, it's fine. I'd like to just stay on the technology yep. side quickly because we had uh, two very renowned greenhouse uh, solution providers here in the studio who. Uh, invited you as part of their presentation. Um, and so we were talking quite a lot about uh, Reichswahn and what you were doing. And in one of those presentations as well, there was um, you know, a deep dive into the situation in Kitale in, in Kenya. 
where we saw yep. uh, the emergence of new greenhouse-based, smaller-sized, um, if you like, production, very local, but relying extremely on the seeds and the products that you provide. Exactly. It's, it's our challenge eh, to adapt to local conditions as a seed company. Um, uh, we want to adapt to local climate conditions. We need to adapt to local consumer needs. Uh, that's our core business. Absolutely. And part of that presentation as well was with an investor who um, has been able to get a return on the investment, in this case, of the scaled down, localized greenhouse solution, a compact solution, uh, within just three years. But you're mm -hmm. talking as well about the return on investment in seeds, and not only in terms of health and great vegetable production, but also in economic terms. Tell me a little bit about the ROI, if you like, of what it is yeah. that you offer the market. Like we see in general uh, that there is uh, a lot of interest to invest in, in, in food or in agriculture because it has proven to be, I would say, a relative safe industry to invest. Uh, people need to eat. And we see the importance of a healthy food is even more important as it was, uh, I would say, uh, yesterday, today. So that is all positive, I would say, from an investor's point of view. And, and, and but we started this interview to discuss that technology is on a very high level. So people can easily buy technology in order to have a greenhouse operating. But I would say the market risk is often underestimated. And that's also what I'd what I like to point out in this, uh, in this discussion today is that this week we also spoke a lot about technology. And yes, technology is the basis. But let's not forget uh, the risk of not selling your product for a fair price or not able to, um, to have enough buyers for your product. And that's what we do as Rijkswaan. Um, we invest a lot in market research in market knowledge. And that's what we also share with our clients. And that is, um, I would say, uh, an important addition to what already has been said this week. So also your local clients are able to profit from the global market data which you possess. Uh, I think before yeah. when you were talking about the difference between yesterday and today, you're probably talking about the last, uh, shall we say, five months. Uh, what effects have you seen the pandemic having on people's demands, people's awareness of food and the things that you are offering. Yeah, like what we have seen is that the pandemic or COVID, how you want to call it, has accelerated the, I would say, the transition to online shopping and home delivery, which was in fact already underway, but COVID accelerated that. And we did a research in China, in India, in Russia and Europe, and we saw that food service is heavenly, um, severely affected uh, due to the reasons we all know. And that also experts of the Rabobank, for example, predict that those um, uh, channel shifts will be permanent. So you can imagine it's important from also from an investor point of view to anticipate on that. Uh, so um, because online shopping, online delivery, but also home cooking, is becoming more popular, but that requires, I would say, other needs, other products, and that's important. Give me an example. Now, for example, um, um, uh, we um, recently introduced a wok 
cucumber. It's a small, small example, but a cucumber, which is good for, uh, for, for, for cutting and for cooking. Um, um, but also mailboxes. Uh, mailboxes become more popular. We need to have um, vegetables that are not too big because people want to have smaller portions. It should have a longer shelf life because um, due to the logistics, the products need to arrive at the consumer uh, in a perfect uh, shape. So shelf life, smaller, smaller size, um, and of course, the taste should be good. Um, that are all examples that are, in the, for this specific target group, very important. Well, that's absolutely fascinating to me, but it must take you, you know, months at least, maybe even years to develop new products like that. Um, absolutely, absolutely. You, yeah, so, so how, do you, how do you go about actually transforming new market trends into a new product? You have your own R&D facilities we saw in the, in the video. Talk about that process a little bit. And then we have a really good question from uh, the audience. Uh, okay. Just just a plug there. If you have a question for Rijksman, please send it in through the web browser. We have uh, we have a good question in a second. As a breeding company, you need to have a long-term vision. That's clear. Uh, making a new variety will uh, uh, um, take at least five six years. So we need to decide today what we what we want to have in the market in five years from now. So you are absolutely right make a variety today based on the situation of today is not realistic. Um, so that's also the reason why we constantly uh, invest in R&D, that's that one uh, side, important side of our business, but also what I mentioned before in our market insights, market intelligence activities. Uh, we have about 40 people, 40 chain managers, we call them in the world, as an example that are in direct contact with retailers, with traders, and they are constantly searching in the market for new trends, new demands. And you can imagine when you do that on a constantly uh, base, you can identify patterns and you can identify trends. And based on that trends, we take our decisions for breeding. Excellent. Let's go to the question because it's around trends, uh, so it fits very well. Thank you, Jorian Plakshouten. Uh, what area do you think will develop fast from outdoor to indoor? So what are the emerging markets for greenhouse growing based on, on your knowledge and what you have there? What are the areas which are developing the fastest uh, outdoor to indoor? Um. Well, what, what we do see, for example, in the USA, uh, that we see a transition from open field lettuce cultivation to indoor. That's a very clear um, uh, trend. Um, we see that that we see in, for example, in Eastern Europe, uh, the, uh, the the development of large new greenhouse projects. Uh, so. Um, and how does that of affect course, your... China, chi Of course, China is developing fast. They have put uh, a very clear target for the future to, uh, to produce more into city, nearby city centers. Uh, I cannot say one specific area will, will be developed most fast, but we see in general, we see the, the shift from outdoor to indoor. What effect does that have on your product, on your seeds? 
Uh, to, to give you an example, uh, pink tomatoes is in a lot of countries a very popular product. And pink tomatoes were, I would traditionally grown outside or in relative old greenhouses. And in fact, you should punish your tomato a little bit to make them very tasteful. So pink tomatoes in general have a very nice taste. But if you bring that variety in a modern greenhouse where he has an ideal climate, the taste will not that good because he has too less, uh, I would say, stress. <laughs> yeah. So what we did, we developed pink tomato varieties suitable for high-tech greenhouses. Well, that is an example. Fascinating. So, uh, so, and uh, because um, uh, the climate in a greenhouse is, of course, not to compare with the with the climate in a in a plastic uh, tunnel. So, um, uh, uh, but the, the the consumer still likes that uh, a tasteful pink tomato. And well, it's up to us also then to make varieties that are suitable for that. So that's an example. Next question to you, uh, Daniel Pakura has asked. Have you taken active steps for breeding specifically for VF? Vertical farms, I presume he is meaning. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to hope that you would know what that would mean because yeah. I wasn't quite sure myself. No, he will definitely mean <laughs> vertical farming. Vertical farms. And that means, that means uh, a multiple layer uh, with, uh, with, with crops. Yes, of course. Um, 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 in that case, it's important that crops... Um, are compact that they can handle uh, a higher humidity, for example, that they that they become that uh, so they, that requires specific um, um, uh, I would say specifications, and yes, uh, in our I would say assortment we have uh, an, um, uh, an selection of, of varieties that are most suitable for such a uh, technology. Uh, so yes. I would like to now come to um, you know choosing the right design for a crop and working individually with with a grower perhaps and the advice which you you provide. How does that process actually actually work? And you have a product called a crop planner. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, the first question, of course, we need to ask and we should ask to uh, to uh, to uh, to ourselves when we when we want to set up a project is. Who is your buyer? Who will buy your product? And where do you want to sell it? And um, in um, um, in a lot of uh, situations, that is not clear yet uh, because uh, we focus mainly on technology and on solutions, and then we go to the market. And I I think it's needless to say that ideally it should be the opposite. Uh, so we heavily invest in market research. That 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 is one side uh, of the of the of the of the of the of the discussions we have. And on the other side, yes, we need to be able to have the good, the best results out of our seeds in the greenhouse. I think it's symbiotic. Uh, obviously, um, you know, some growers look to you to lead the way and show uh, you know what should be done, and vice versa. You need input as well from the marketplace. So do you exactly. have some, um, I don't know, good connections through digitalization? Do you use social media to follow trends? Yeah. And yeah. how does that yeah. conversation actually actually look like? Yeah, we have, I would say, uh, from the consumer side, um, we uh, want to inspire consumers and to, uh, I would say, um, uh, stimulate them to eat more vegetables. We have different initiatives like Love My Salad. It's an online platform where consumers can find Ideas, suggestions. Uh, I'm but writing that's it really, down right I would now. Say, okay. Love my salad. Yeah. 
love my salad. Um, so in fact, we make advice from the market and we bring it back to the grower. That's ideally what we do. We want to connect traders, retailers to growers. And if we have the variety in the greenhouse, yes, um, I would say with our crop support and crop advice, um, we need to get the best results out of the crop. And yes, the COVID time also accelerated uh, the transition from, I would say, physically visiting the greenhouse, what we did, of course, a lot in the past and still do, uh, but also with online uh, tooling. And uh, the example you were mentioning was the crop planner. Um, um, what we have seen, for example, is that um, unless um, the greenhouses are, uh, I would say, um, technolo technology-wise able to control climate, uh, we have seen differences in the way how crops are reacting in specific climates. So what we did is we developed a tool which is using local climate data and um, combines the data we have from that variety from our trial stations. And we make, in fact, um, a, a calculation, a yield planning, a yield forecast planning based on their local conditions. Do they have artificial light or not? Do they use uh, CO2 to which extent? Those kind of technical uh, parameters are used. Yeah. And based on that, I would say, um, uh, forecast, we go step by step with the grower during the cultivation. Um, and it also enables us to, to do that on distance, so remotely. And that's, that's of course, especially in these times, uh, important. Excellent, we have one more question here and then uh, perhaps time for one more after this. So yep. um, we're talking about phenotyping now or phenotyping, uh, a question from Felix Arkens. How important do you believe the investment in high-tech phenotyping is? And do you think there's enough focus on it or should we do more in the sector? Uh, for, for our company, it's, it's very important because we need to stay ahead. In the, there, like the competition in the seed business is, is significant, I would say. So we need to be um, uh, fast in the market. And we need to be able to uh, detect, um, I would say, the good varieties and, um, and the good um, um, uh, traits um, and therefore in the past we used in fact our eyes and our hands eh, to, 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 to go through the, the crops, see it, but with phenotyping uh, we are able to do it much more, uh, I would say, automatically yeah. and, and of course it, uh, in Rijkswaan I think we, we invest yearly about 30% of our turnover in R&D, um, uh, so uh, that also indicates the importance of um, of research and development. And um, so we are in fact more an R&D company than, um, than uh, I would say an, an agricultural company. So I'm hearing, uh, Jan Wilhelm, a bit of a critical question coming to economics, if you like. Uh, yep. You invest an awful lot in R&D. You have a lot of market research. You're doing a lot of things around there. Um, and you know, presumably this produces not only a more suitable crop, but also a better quality crop and better, better design to the market conditions. But that comes at a price. You know, is it, is it, how do you work out the economics of a Reichswahn quality product, which is suitable, uh, compared to, I don't know, uh, an inferior product from a competitor, perhaps? Uh, the, good, the good news is that in the end, the, 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 the cost price of seeds 
in the total cost price is relative, still relative small. So in fact, uh, if you, um, and we often do that also with greenhouse builders, with clients, we make a feasibility study or we make a calculation because you should know to which price you can uh, make your products. And then sometimes uh, we believe that the seed price is in fact, um, is, is, relative, is, is in fact a very small, a relative small element in the total cost price. Um, and that does, that does not mean that we should say we should increase our price or we should lower our price, but to be, um, uh, you are right, you should make a fair uh, calculation of the, of the cost price of your product and seed is, is included in that. We have one more question from the audience and then I wanna build upon that very briefly um, before we go to the audience question. Um, what about the developing world? Can they afford Rijksman? Absolutely, because we have, um, I would say, for different markets, for different technology, different assortment. Yeah. Uh, uh, we talk now a lot about this high-tech greenhouses uh, this week, but we have also uh, our um, assortment for open field crops and for um, um, uh, plastic tunnels, for example. You can imagine that's another other plant type, uh, including also other seeds um, 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 uh, prices. Thank you. Now we have a really good question from Hani Elamer, and she's asking, um, do you recommend genetically modified vegetable seeds? In fact, it's not allowed, genetic modification, it's not allowed, although not in Europe, we, don't, we know in some part of the world it, it is allowed, um, but we believe um, uh, um, we, let me say it like this. We make use of the possibility that nature gives us. In fact, we use the father and the mother elements. Uh, and by using that, uh, we can make varieties. Um, we do can um, speed up that process due also to that high-tech research facilities we do have today. Uh, but strictly, uh, for, for, uh, I would say to be very clear, uh, genetic modification, uh, we, do, we, we do not do that and we also do not want that. Very clear message um, and reassuring to hear as well. So I think we're just about uh, through with the questions that we can afford in this time right now. Um, but give me an outlook perhaps for the next years to come. Uh, you're probably not gonna tell us what's in the laboratory right now for the next couple of years, but uh, where do you see Rijksavarn and the offering uh, developing uh, moving forward? Um, in fact, um, um, we see that um, um, the trend that uh, the chain is becoming more shorter. So we see the trend that uh, growers also do processing at their own facilities that also came back this week in the lettuce and in the uh, teen leaf discussion. Um, that gives a lot of opportunities to growers and investors to supply, uh, I would say, a consumer-ready product. Um, and we believe in that. Um, um, of course, um, uh, consumers, uh, uh, it, 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 it becomes even more important that uh, vegetables are safe, that they are clean, that they are tasteful, and that is good news for everybody who is involved in uh, modern agricultural technology uh, because um, uh, it also represents a business model. There's a business model which is attractive um, to step in this. And we need that. So we need investors. Uh, we need 
um, um, companies that are willing to adapt those technology um, because in the end we we need to feed the world eh, to 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 end with those um, uh, goals we uh, we earlier this week also um, identified and as a company Rijkswaan we want to contribute to that and um, with good seats and with good services um, we can be a good partner for that. It's a perfect conclusion, Jan Willem. I've really enjoyed our discussion today and thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you to the audience for those brilliant questions. We had uh, some really, really challenging ones for you there as well. Um, much appreciate what you're doing. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you again very soon here at Greetit. Thank you, Andrew. It was, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Okay.